Man up in my city on the roof, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover The reverse Oh, baby The rush the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everyone to another season of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt. Uh, Join with me as he is every episode. It's BOC. We're back, baby. What's Year going three. on? Feels great to be back. Yeah, man. I mean, year three, getting underway of the podcast. Uh, you know, the last time we met, we did a pod um, in April, I believe. Uh, April 1st, I think we dropped it. Um, early impressions of the transfer portal. And then, you know, me and BOC, we were active on Twitter. We posted some stuff on the blog. But in terms of the podcast, we're like, yeah. We're taking our off-season here. Uh, so we enjoyed an off-season like the team did. BOC got married. Congrats, BOC. I convinced somebody to marry me. Yep, that's true. There you go. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of things have transpired uh, over the past couple months with the Friars program. Um, so we'll, you know, our thoughts for our opening episode, we'll take, you know, a little bit of a – rewind it and look at some of the stuff that they've done um, to start the year or throughout the off season. And then we'll move on uh, towards some of that big recruiting news that came this past week, which was awesome. Um, But uh, yeah, so, so let's get right to it. Um, The Friars, you know, they lose David Duke to the NBA draft. I'm actually watching a replay of Duke's first preseason game with the Nets. Uh, Duke declares, goes undrafted, uh, signs a deal with the Nets, um, you know, and, and played well enough in the summer league to earn himself a shot here uh, at a roster spot in training camp. But we'll see if that ends up happening. Obviously, from a Friar fan perspective, you know, you see he leaves, you see he ends up not getting drafted. It's unfortunate because, like, you see this stuff happen to guys a lot. Um, misinformation in terms of where they're going to get selected. Um, and I mean, end of the day, I, I still think Duke wanted to go pro and I, he was probably pissed that he didn't get picked, but at the end of the day, I think he made peace with finding a spot and trying to make an impact in the league. I mean, but I mean, obviously as a fan, you're going to be bummed that a guy's leaving the program. Yeah. I think, um, I think there's a couple things at play here. So something that you can't discount is the NIL becoming a thing because he signed, he signed an agent early. If you remember, it wasn't a testing the waters. We'll see where I'm slotted in mock drafts after workouts and everything. He, he signed one very early, almost to say like, I'm, I'm definitely going to the draft regardless of where my position is. And that was before the NIL became a thing. And, you know, some people are just ready to go professional and start their, 
start their professional life, whether it's, you know, basketball for Duke or whatever after college. And um, I think Duke may have been at that point. I think there's a lot of pressure that comes with being the hometown kid and being the face of a program. And I think at times last year, it, there was just too much weight on his shoulders or that's how it came across to my untrained eyes. Um, I wish he would have known about the NIL and I'm, maybe that's the fault of his agent, whoever he signed, because I, I have a hard time believing he would have left given that he didn't get drafted if he knew the NIL was going to be a thing. And as we all know, Rhode Island doesn't have a professional team. They support the Celtics, the Pats, et cetera, the Red Sox. Um, for basketball, it, Providence is the pro team. So to be the face of the quote-unquote pro team in Rhode Island, I think he would have made, who knows, maybe six figures as a while also being a preseason, probably All-American, preseason B's player of the year. Um, so, you know, it's, it's always easy to Monday morning quarterback when we're recording a podcast, but obviously him not being drafted shows it probably wasn't the right decision from a fiscal and economic standpoint, but he may have just been ready. So you know, I, I think after the initial letdown of not being drafted and knowing he's not coming back, people were a bit disappointed, but now we're just rooting for him and hoping he can, you know, earn a roster spot with the Nets because they have a lot of, you know, they have the, the big three, so to speak. So they need some cheap talent and being an undrafted agent, he has a chance to make, make the roster. So all the best to Duke. And I think, I think everybody's ready to turn the page and uh, see a new Friars team in 2021. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, one thing I will say, I, I do think he, he should have kind of thought about that. I mean, I mean, there was reports about this thing. We all knew it was coming. We didn't know exactly when. And I guess, you know, that's where it becomes tough. But I would have hoped he probably would have, or, or his agent probably would have mentioned that that's a possibility. Um, and even Cooley in the staff, too. Um, I don't know how how hard Coach pressed Duke to return, but um, – but yeah, you would hope that stuff was discussed. Um, he definitely would have cashed in. I think. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. Um, but the one, the one thing is with the NBA, especially, is like the league is only getting younger. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And you know, like these these guys that stay in college, unfortunately, they just get forgotten about uh, in terms of the NBA because there's always going to be this this 18 year old kid that's you know got all this potential that they would rather take um but yeah we'll, we'll see what happens I, I do think you know it might be good for the team it, it could be like a Patrick Ewing uh Carmelo Anthony situation on our hands where you yeah. get rid of your top performer and somehow the team ends up playing better I don't know do you yeah I was actually going to ask you that do you think that's what happens because I think being the hometown guy he had kind of like preferential treatment and I think now, I hate to say addition by subtraction because he was such a talent and he was arguably the best player on the court at all times whenever he stepped on the court. But it might be more of a, uh, we can no longer just lean on Duke and now we need to be more of a team. And I think that might actually help the team because there are too many times where we take the ball to Duke on the perimeter and said, hey, do your thing and pray for us. And it was just too much, it was too much for him. Like now, you know, now we obviously have Nate, who's going to be a premier big man in the nation, but I think it'll be more of a team effort. And I think Cooley thrives in that type of setting with his teams. 
Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, you know, it worked out with Dunn in terms of, of success on the court, uh, in terms of landing a top 50 player, like blue chip prospect, um, you know, and with Duke and Reeves, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, so far, it hasn't turned out that way, the way they, I mean, both of those guys never made the tournament so far. AJ will get another chance, but, um, but yeah, I mean, they definitely have had success with the program, but it really just hasn't equated to getting back to the tournament and, and making noise. And obviously COVID plays a role in that too. Um, you know, stealing the, the season that they had before. And then on top of that, you know, yeah, well, of course we got that. And then on top of that, I mean, last season it's, it's kind of tough because even though everyone's dealing with the same thing, you don't know how teams are going to react to it, right? Playing in front of no no fans. So, I mean, not to say that as an excuse, but I, I do think, you know, that might have played a role too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, turn the page on Duke. It's unfortunate. His, his last game as a Friar uh, in that 70 to 62 defeat against the pole in the Big East opener. Uh, seven points on two of nine shooting, zero of four from three. So tough way to go out. But uh, and don't forget, Duke. don't forget, uh, Cooley walking off the court before the game was over. Oh yeah, that that did happen. I, I, that forgot. that one, I that one, I will not forget. Uh, yeah. So tough way to go out for him, but obviously we're rooting for him. Um, but yeah, like I said, we're turning the page. Um, you know, so with Duke's departure. Um, and then PC had to get word from Horkler and Watson whether or not they were going to stay. They are both back in. Um, so then once they figured that out, you know, looking at the transfer portal to try and fill some holes, they bring in Al Durham, who I believe they brought in right before Duke made his decision, but they probably were. One thing led to another. Star, yeah. right? um, so uh, Al Durham comes over from Indiana three-year starter, three-year captain, I believe, as well. Um, Archie Miller, it, it's going to be interesting because Archie Miller exclusively played him off ball. He averaged about 2.9 assists per game last year. And from what I've heard from him, uh, what he said to the media and like what his father said to the media in terms of picking PC, I think PC is going to give him more of a chance to be on the ball um, and maybe be – the lead point guard, we'll have to see, obviously. We'll get to that, too. But mm -hmm. uh, the one thing he does bring, ton of experience. Um, unfortunately, those IU teams didn't really make much noise in the tournament either. But um, but I do think he'll be a, a good addition. And then and then they uh, go out to South Carolina and uh, nab um, Justin Manaya, who um, you're a Yankee fan, but his dad was – Omar Minaya, the GM of the Mets, uh, I drafted DeGrom, so pretty good job yeah. by him. But yeah. uh, anyways, Minaya comes in, lefty, uh, big wing player, hasn't shot it great, but he's a capable shooter. I look at him, I'm, I look at LaDonta Henton, who they bring Perfect. in uh, this offseason. Um, that was another big storyline. Henton comes in uh, as assistant coach. And I, I, I just see Henton and Manaya like same size, both lefties, both play that similar role. Now, Henton was able 
able to take that next step, right? Between his junior and senior year, like his senior year, he wasn't just that guy that just got you a bunch of boards and did the dirty work. And he was a big, like primary offensive weapon uh, for the Friars. And he was awesome. So my hope is maybe he can fulfill that kind of role. Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest things that Cooley did all season and besides like retaining Watson and Horkler and getting the transfers is bringing in Henton. Um, you know, you hear from organizations, from teams, culture, culture, culture. I think we've, we've kind of lost our way in the culture thing a bit um, and bringing in somebody who was the foundation for Cooley's culture and Henton, his first recruit at PC. Um, it's going to go a long ways to getting back to the fundamentals of what Cooley is all about. You know, that having your teammates back, being tough, being gritty, um, finding a, any way to win. Um, Henton by no means is like, you know, physical standout. He's, he was a six, six power forward, you know, like, right. but he's found a way to manufacture points, get rebounds. And he just was an all around clutch, tough player that needs to permeate through the rest of the team. There were too many times last year. And this was, you know, one of my biggest, uh, annoyances with the team is it seems like when we got punched in the mouth, we just continue to let the other team punch us in the mouth. Instead of punching back, we just wilted and said, okay, on to the next game. Henton's teams never did that. Um, and I hope that we bring that toughness and intensity back to the program. So I love the hiring of Henton. I think we need to probably bolster our recruiting efforts on the assistant side, but at least that was a good first step. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I think another thing that they did was improve defensively. Obviously Duke was billed as a really good defender and he is because of his plus size and athleticism. But I think you and I will both agree. I don't think he was at his best defensively last year. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, I think the team defense overall was bad. And I think that can lead to like bad habits and stuff. Um, but maybe a lack of practice too, you know, they were kind of, again, everyone had to deal with it, but it it seems like Cooley's defense is, is structured on communication and repetition and, uh, all that stuff. So I I think they definitely address that with Durham and Manaya, especially, I mean, if you're going to play for coach Martin and not play defense, you're not going to play. I mean, let's. Yep. Call spade spade. So, um, to, to have a guy like Manaya, three-year starter at uh, South Carolina as well, I think that will. Again, his teams didn't win either, and I think that's the one concerning thing I have about these two players. But they're definitely, you know, caliber players that I would expect not to have those growing pains of going to the Big East, right? Playing in the SEC yeah. Big Ten. So, I mean. As you mentioned, Durham, captain. Captain in Indiana, that's fantastic. Manaya, um, you, you have to remember, when was it? South Carolina made a Final Four run, what, 2018? Maybe? Yeah, I think he was a freshman. I so, could be wrong. Anyway, maybe it was a year m- removed. But but anyway, so what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is they have had success, like albeit, in, you know, ebbs and flows. But um, the bottom line is if you can play under Frank Martin, you could probably play under anybody. He, yeah. he makes Cooley look like a choir boy when it comes to like his on-court demeanor. Um, 
So I, I like those kind of guys who can take tough coaching and, and obviously he has, if he was able to stay in the program for that long. Um, one thing, one thing I want to mention is imagine where we would be. I think it, people take this for granted, but imagine where we would be if Fourth Larry and Watson decided to move on and go professional. It'd be a big mess. The team would be decimated. Yeah, because they're they're probably adding additional transfers, and now you're mixing in more guys, which is tough. Uh, You know, adding new guys to the program, rather, uh, coming from different programs. I mean, that's worked at some places. Chris Beard kind of did that at Texas Tech. But, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, you lose your best offensive weapon if Nate Watson's gone. So, uh, yeah. So, so one one thing I wanted to bring up is obviously everybody's a there is almost like a mass exodus to, to a certain extent with Mon with Monroe, Jimmy Nichols, Dan Duke leaving. But if you look at the retur- returning, just the Providence team alone, not even including Durham and Manaya, we return sixty percent of our scoring and sixty five percent of our minutes played. And then you add on to that veteran players with Manaya and Durham. The pieces are in place for us to start hot. Like we can't stumble, come out of the come out of the gates stumbling. Like we have a veteran team, and we should be ready to ready to go. I think. Yeah, totally. Um, that's some good digging there on the stats there. But uh, yeah, you know, and then they also bring in uh, two recruits that will be freshmen, uh, Rafael Castro, and um, Legend Geeter. And, uh, and, the kid, and the kid from Canada. Oh, yeah. Uh, Case. Matias yep. Case. Uh, they bring him over from Penn, but he'll technically be a freshman, uh, I believe, because he gets the COVID waiver or whatever. Uh, but, yeah. So, you know, I, I think I think those guys were in the system long enough where it was like they, they just weren't getting enough production from Gant, Nichols, Mon- Monroe. And for a guy like Monroe, especially, like he barely played. So, you know, he wants to go somewhere where he can actually see the court. So I don't blame him. Um, you know, the Gant thing just never materialized, to be honest. Uh, and now he goes back home. So playing at NC State. But yeah, I mean, they definitely return enough pieces and then the additions that they have made, you know. We'll get into starting laps and kind of season outlook coming up here, but I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself like I do in previous years. Uh, yeah. That's my take. Um, I'm not going to have any expectations this year. But, um, but yeah, so they bring in those two guys. Um, early reports, Castro is pretty damn good. Uh, I think he could be a guy that's a really real diamond in the rough that, that Cooley found. Um, from Jersey, you know, part of his problem in terms of recruiting, one, he did it in a COVID year, obviously, everyone deals with that, but still, he had that going against him. He also had the fact that he stayed at Dover High School uh, in Jersey. Um, that team has never produced a Division One player. Uh, he could have gone the route of going to one of the power Catholic yep. schools at, in Jersey, but he wanted to stay home, which I think is a a good thing too. That's another good thing. Shows loyalty to the guy that gave him, you know, the shot at varsity at Dover. So, I mean, he had those two things working against him, but 
he's a guy that's, that's long. Like he, he's got to add some muscle. I think we can all yep. agree with that. He's got to add some mass. He, he's like real, as Rasheed Wallace would say, he's real paper thin. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a guy that, especially with a year under Watson and Horkler, could be a guy that makes an impact this year even. We'll have to see. But I, I like I like the odds of him making an impact more than I do Legend Gator coming out of the gates, I think, especially with the Manaya addition. I, I think they want to develop him over time. We'll see how it goes. So, yeah, I'm I'm of the belief Castro will get minutes before Gator, but I personally don't think either of them will make an impact, and that's fine. I think one thing we've learned from Cooley teams is he – is a better coach on, on court coach when he has a shorter um, short amount of players playing. So he's not going 10 deep. He's going maybe eight deep. He does. He tends to do better when he has less options, which sounds weird, but it's true. Um, so I would, I hope, you know, like I said, as a veteran team, they should know each other by now. Uh, I hope by the start of the season, we have an eight or at most nine man roster or nine man rotation um, ready to go. We can't be having 12 players playing and trying to figure out rotations because that was another really frustrating thing last year. We just couldn't get a solid rotation down and um, hopefully yeah, we I have mean, that. Just none of the combinations that we put out there just produce significant, like consistently enough. That, that was a problem. And so like cool is trying to figure out, okay, how can I get more offense? Uh, how can I, you know, be a better defensive team and he's trying all these units and yeah, it, it was a mess. I, I agree with you. I, I do think um, he tends to play better with a shorter rotation, but I hate the one thing I do hate though, is like, you know, injuries or someone's sick. And then it's like, Oh boy. <laughs> like that. Remember that game when uh, the Chipotle game where everybody got sick off Chipotle or something like that. Like, um, was that the game that uh, Bancroft had to like play like st- he had to st- play like starters minutes because someone yeah. got in foul trouble? And then yeah, never- I remember that was when we went like six deep. I think I think it was yeah. literally one person off the bench, and that was and we won that game if I recall. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes there's like sometimes having less options is a good thing. You just say, okay, this is my team. Our backs against the wall. Let's go. Like sometimes having too many options is a bad thing. And I think hopefully you know hopefully we've learned that at this point. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in terms of the rest of the off season, um, uh, Nate Watson, okay. not on any all American list or anything like that. Um, I, biggest media is coming up. So I haven't announced the, the standings there, but, um, but yeah, that, that really wraps up the off season. Um, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, here from our sponsors at anchor and then we'll uh, finish up with with the recruiting news that happened this past week. And then um, we'll take a, a little bit of a dive into starting laps, where we think uh, this team can go uh, going into the year. All right, so let's hear from our sponsor, Anchor. All right, we are back at the Province Crier podcast. So BOC, uh, recruiting. Very good week for, for Ed Cooley and staff. Um, they end up landing um, Jaden Pierre. He plays at Long Island Lutheran High School. Uh, he's from Jersey. Guard 6'1", 
Um, and then they couple that off with landing a big man. Christ Esondoko commits on Friday. So Cooley nabs two guys in the span of a week. And I, I would think their class is at this point pretty much solidified. You know, maybe they bring someone else, but. But I mean, what were your thoughts after all the struggles that they've had in the last three plus seasons recruited? Dude, I don't, I don't know who needed these wins more, the, 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 the Friar program or the fan base. Um, Cause it seemed like we just kept getting gut punched with, uh, you know, the last class and this class as well. You think about X, you think about the whole Wessler, uh, Wessler debacle. Um, you know, it just kept, we kept coming, we were the, the bridesmaids so many times and it's nice to land two impact players. Uh, Sondoko is going to be the eventual replacement for Watson. I, he needs to pro- probably get, uh, refine himself physically, but um, focus he'll find the focus machine, the focus machine will become his very close friend. That's a fact. Um, Jaden Pierre will, you know, Jaden Pierre and Quante Berry will be the backcourt of the future. Those are two very, very important commits. Um, so it's nice to go into a season knowing the future of your backcourt, knock on wood, they sign and everything is set. And we have at least, you know, committed a replacement for Watson um, with Castro probably serving as a bridge while Asundoko develops. Uh, so all in all, it was a crazy recruiting cycle. I mean, when isn't it? But it seemed like uh, we were down and out on all of our plan A recruits. And it's nice to see the Friar staff have a plan and it come to fruition. This is a very strong, like, I can't state this enough. It's a, it's a foundational type class for the future for the Friar program. You got the backcourt, you have the big man. Now we just, you know, fill it in with some wing help, which we got with Geeter and potentially even Castro as a four, a bit of stretch four. Um, so the future is looking good. Uh, and then, you know, with, with the landscape of college basketball now, you can land impact transfers much easier than it was in the past and they can play right away so you can fill any potential gaps. But I still am of the belief it's important to land, you know, the recruits you want out of high school and then use transfers in college as a stopgap. Um, so I, I'm very excited and I'm glad this all worked out well. And you know me with Castro and Pierre, I love seeing the New Jersey boys start to commit to uh, the Friar program. Yeah, I was going to say that this, uh, these recruiting wins, you know, they do a couple of things. Uh, one, you wanted more Jersey guys. Uh, you also were like, get the hell out of North Carolina. Why are we recruiting the Carolinas? And we finally got one. We got, uh, we got, we got two. Technically, yeah. I'll, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, eat, I'll eat crow on that. I will say the reason why I say that is I think the Northeast tends to, appeal more to the Big East Conference because people grew up following the Big East down in North Carolina, it's ACC country. So the province brand name, you know, province of small Catholic school may not resonate, but I'll happily eat crow. You know, this is a great job by Cooley and battle to get two, uh, two strong guys from North Carolina. Um, so it's good. I, I, I like that. We're not concentrating solely in the Carolinas. Like it's important to be diversified. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think it's good that they're, establishing that relationship with uh, Mike Rice's program. If you remember Mike Rice, kind of former disgraced Rutgers coach, but uh, he's now on the AAU circuit and, um, you know. Team Rio. Uh, the fact that, yeah, Team Rio, exactly. So uh, you get Castro who was on Team Rio last year. 
um, with Pierre, who, who played for uh, Rio this past summer. Um, yeah, it's great to establish those relationships. And then kind of like what you said, like these guys aren't super highly rated, but I think fit-wise, like Pierre and Barry to me make for a very dynamic backcourt of the future if things pan out, right? Pierre, super fast in transition, uh, active hands defensively, tacking the basket, but also getting others involved. Whereas um, Barry, more of an off ball guard, uh, scoring guard, can pick his spots uh, in terms of mid-range three-pointers, attacking the basket himself. Um, so I, I think that's a very dynamic backcourt that you can have for the future. And then with with Esondoko, I, I feel like he would have been one of those guys that just popped in the normal recruiting cycle, right? Like, and started drawing some serious, serious offers. Not that he didn't have serious offers. I mean, he chose PC over like Maryland, Illinois, uh, and a few other schools. Um, but, you know, maybe you don't land a guy like that. And I think he has a ton of potential. You can't teach size, everyone. Uh, he's huge, which is nice. Um, you watch him play, he gets after it on the glass. Um, I, I do think maybe defensively, I think he can have some improvements. And I think that will happen with, um, you know, if he sh- shed some weight, he'll probably be quarter on his feet, rotating over, defending pick and roll, but he is a rim protector. Uh, another cool thing about him is he can kind of shoot and kind of pass. Uh, he's watching some he's, of his highlights. He's, 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 the, he's some... the typical Euro, Euro big man. I know, right? Yeah. Um, and another funny thing, yeah. Uh, Asandoko from France originally came over to the States about a year ago, which that to me, that lights off Ben Bentel, but another, in a different light, uh, my Celtics had a French big man and it didn't work out so well, but th- that's okay. Uh, we're just going to forget about that. Uh, I'm all in on big France. And again, I just think these, these three guys are a good fit for the roster moving forward. Yeah. Besides the fact that his first name is Christ, uh, he's from big France, and you know this is a PC marketing dream right now. They, like, they couldn't have landed a better recruit for Providence Friars. Like, it's, it's perfect for them. So I'm sure the students and the entire uh, school have fun with that one. Yeah, I, I've seen the uh, joke of uh, they got God, and now they got Christ, and now they just <laughs> yeah. need Hol- Holy Spirit to, to uh, come we, aboard. We, sh- we should have landed God's gift at Chua. Yeah, seriously. Um, but no, so great week for Cooley. You know, you and I have kind of debated this in our text group um, back and forth on. To me, recruiting is all-encompassing now. It's the portal and it's recruiting kids out of high school. So to me, if Manaya and Durham come in and are really good, good recruiting class in my opinion. But I do agree with you to the sense that, you know, you obviously got to bring in freshmen and develop them within your program as opposed to just only adding transfers that's Mm -hmm. ridiculous but um but yeah so regardless it was good to see pc uh get off on the right track here for for 2022 and i think they position themselves if they can have a good year this year to be in a good spot for 2023 and actually landing some of the bigger name targets that they've struck out on uh the past couple years so we'll see 
Um, but that was huge. That, that was definitely welcome news for Fire fans. We, yeah, we, we needed that in the worst way. So it's a all's at well that ends well. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things go. Um, yeah, so, I mean, what I like about it most, too, is now we can kind of put to bed the recruiting stuff. Again, I think they might be done in terms of high school kids, but who knows? They do have a lot of spots to fill. Um, but now we can fully focus on this upcoming season. And I think one thing that you and I wanted to dive into, starting lineups. I am under the belief that Cooley brought in Manaya and Durham, and those guys came in with the understanding that they would probably be starters. I don't think they came to PC to not be starters after starting three years at their respective programs. So to me, when I look at the starting five, I just want the Van Wilder lineup. All the, the seniors, grad seniors, fifth-year seniors, get them all in there. Uh, put Manaya, or put Durham at the one, roll Reeves out at the two, um, Naya at the three, Horkler and Watson are your picks. What are your the, thoughts? The Van Wilder lineup is the best thing I've ever heard. I want to trademark that. That's that's incredible. Um, yeah, no, your logic is really sound, especially when you they say like you know Durham was is under the understanding he's going to be handling the ball more. So does that mean because he's been an off guard? So I, I hope that you know not selling him a false bill of goods there, but I, I would. And then Manaya, to your point, he was starting at South Carolina. So you think he would come in? Does he have one year with us or does he have two? I know with COVID. They each have one, I think. Each have one. Okay. So even more so. Um, I would agree with that. I, I think I think the way it'll shake out maybe at the start is you have one of Bynum or Breed with Bynum probably taking the reins. Bynum, uh, Bynum, Durham, Reeves, Portler, Watson. But me personally, I would, I would prefer your lineup. Um, with the caveat that we haven't seen Durham handle the ball full time at, right. at a at a Big East level, it's, right? Could be a disaster. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, the the point you made and you said it like tongue in cheek, but it's true. Is this team this team honestly is probably going to be the oldest team in college basketball? I don't think yeah. there's a team that can compare. So, you know, with some teams in the past, you say, oh, they're a young team, they're getting to know each other, that's why they're starting off slow. While Manaya and Durham are, you know, getting to know their teammates still, they've been in college basketball many years. Like they, they know, they know the grind. They know the routine. We should be coming out of the gates flying. We should start off very hot. And I think, um, you know, a lot of the offseason moves have kind of made people forget about last season, but always see kind of got a little bit hot towards the end of last season. Um, and if we don't, if we don't start off, strong it, it's it'll be interesting to see the dynamics of the fan base especially now the fans can attend games totally um yeah i mean i i think you know bynum is definitely your one question mark in terms of you know whether or not they want to go back to him as the starting guard the league guard um you know tough year for him obviously dealt with the hamstring um you know I, uh, he didn't shoot it well at all. Uh, Bill as a decent shooter coming in and, you know, started off horrendous from three and never recovered for the rest of the season. Um, so, you know, maybe this, this off season, it looks like he added some muscle. Uh, he, he looks a little bigger now. Um, you know, maybe 
second time around here, he can be what Coley brought him in here to be. Um, but the good news is, I mean, I feel like they've had so many lack of ball handlers in the past. Mm-hmm. And now that, you know, you got, you got Bynum, you got Breed, um, Minaya, uh, or excuse not Minaya, Durham. Um, so you got those guys and then who knows, maybe, uh, Bryson Godin who flashed a little bit, uh, in that Big East tournament game in towards the end of the season a bit, maybe he develops, um, so the good news is I, I think they have enough capable ball handlers uh, moving forward, which is good, especially yeah. when you have a guy like Nate Watson, who's kind of your, you know, post up big man. Um, so one of the one thing we didn't haven't mentioned, and I think it's very very important to the future of this team, the future trajectory of this team, is uh, during I guess we'll call it media day for the first pra- or the first practice interviews. Reeves said he lost what about twenty two pounds. Yeah which is, that's a crazy amount of weight to lose. He went from something like, I don't know what it was, like two, 215 to 198 or so. It's, I forget what the exact numbers were, but it was 20 plus pounds. Um, and you remember like watching last year, he said like, oh, this team's like, team looks like a little bit slow defensively. Like laterally, they're just, they're a half step behind everybody else. I remember even Hassett said something like, it looks like Reeves bulked up and that might've screwed up his shooting form and everybody kind of mocked him for that. So for Reeves to say like he, you know, he lost however much weight and he feels, you know, lighter and feel he doesn't feel as heavy as he did last season. Reeves is already an explosive athlete. Um, so for him to, you know, lose 20 pounds of presumably, you know, not good, not good weight, he's going to be quicker. He's going to be bouncier. He's going to be more athletic. Hopefully he can learn to take things off the dribble and attack the rim. So we could see, you know, a, like a senior year uh, resurgence for, uh, for Reeves, and that would be fantastic for this offense because Orkler helped out by stepping out and knocking down threes. But when we're not knocking down threes, we feed it to Watson in the paint, and he gets double and triple teamed because nobody else can knock down a three. And if Reeves is able to do that and also attack the rim, we have potentially a very dynamic offense. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Reeves is the real X factor here. Um, he cut out pork and meat. I, I didn't know pork wasn't meat, but Hey, there you go. Uh, and he's more of a pescatarian now. Um, and we've seen guys, you know, kind of go back and forth between this in college. I, I remember Mike Dom went to like a pescatarian uh, and shed some pounds. And it wasn't it wasn't as good as the Mike Dom prior. So we'll have to see. But um, Reeves is the real X, X factor, man. Because like if he if he can do what he showed us his freshman year consistently that just creates so many problems for the opposition defending PC. Um, you know, if you go back to his freshman year, it was not just hitting threes, but like creating space for himself to hit a three, creating space for himself to pull up from two and hit mid range shots. And the guy was a walking bucket. And then obviously the foot injury, we, we really haven't seen that at all in terms of, We've seen it, but definitely not consistently. Um, so, I mean, if he, if, if him shedding the pounds brings back the AJ that, that, that we're used to, I mean, man, I, I think they'll be very hard to stop. I agree. But, uh, but yeah, like you said, 
in terms of veteran group, they should hit the ball uh, ground running. Um, you know, I'm looking at that tournament. They were supposed to play. They were supposed to play this loaded tournament with Gonzaga and like all, yeah. all these teams. Might be for the best, but uh, that gets nixed because they move it to Newark. Mm. It was supposed to be at MSG. And then so the whole tournament gets next and they replace it with uh, a new tournament at in Newark, which will yeah. feature the Friars who face Northwestern in the first game. That game's going to scare, scare the shit out of me because guess what? The last time I played them, I said this game scares the shit out of me. And what happened? We lost to a terrible Northwestern game. Luckily, there's a neutral court, probably more pro PC if I were to guess. Um, but yeah, they're, they're in a group with with – uh, Northwestern and then Georgia will be taking on Virginia. So if PC were to advance, most likely they play Virginia, which would be, you know, a good opportunity for an early resume building win. Um, and then if you look at the Gavit games, I think they caught a break uh, drawing Texas Tech at home. Um, you know, they're under a new regime. Mike Adams, I believe he was their assistant. So there's still some continuity there between what Beard was doing at Tech but um, I think that's a very winnable game and could be a game where if he keeps Texas Tech competitive in, in a good Big 12, they will be a tournament team. So that could be another resume builder. Um, I mean, you look at this out-of-conference schedule, and I'm looking at it now. It's not, it's not all that daunting, honestly. Um, this is like, you know, I'm looking at maybe – what is it at Wisconsin, right? That's a that's obviously. Oh yeah, a tough one. oh yeah, they're, they're doing that too. Yeah, at Wisconsin, that's a that's a tough one. Texas Tech will be a tough one. Uh, URI is always tough because of the rivalry. Should handle that one, but you never know. Um, you mentioned if we beat Northwestern Virginia, but I think you know if you want to have the right expectations for this program, because after this year, there's going to be a significant rebuild to. Uh, I think nobody wants to say it, but it's true. You lose Reeves, you lose Watson, you lose Horkler, you lose Durham, you lose Manaya. Yeah, it's it's scary, right? So like this is this is the year if you want to make a little bit of a run. And to me, I look at that schedule, and at worst, you know, you're feeling good about the program if you if you leave out a conference with two losses. I think anything more than that, it's like kind of more of the same, in my opinion. Yeah, I know you don't want to. Right? <laughs> I know you don't want to put expectations on this team, but the returning. We have returning star power in Watson. Horkler came on like crazy towards the end of last season. I'm expecting very big things for him. You bring you bring back Reeves as a starter, obviously. Then you had Durham and Manaya. Um, you know, this is like similar to the COVID year. It's a Sweet 16 or bust for me. If they don't if they don't make a run to the second weekend, then I think it's a failed year personally. And some some province may, fans may say, uh, you know, you're, the bar is set too high, but not this year than when, because they have all the pieces in place besides, you know, maybe some question marks around shooting and ball handling. They have everything else in place. They have experience. They have a lot of returning players. I, maybe I'm too bullish on this team and I'm forgetting about last year, but I think this is a sweet 16 type team. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I'm going to refrain. Maybe I'll change my tune after Big East Media Day. Hear some people talking. I don't know. Maybe I'll change my expectations. But I'm not going to put any expectations on this team because I'm sick and tired of putting expectations on the team and then to fall so far short of those expectations. So I'm done. I'm done. The crier is done with it. Uh, you're, you're, yeah, I, 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 you're, 
You're battered and bruised. You're battered yeah. and bruised prior then, yeah. I mean, the crier prophecy gets stolen away by COVID. Like, it's just a joke. So I'm done. I'm done with it for now. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, um, but yeah, I, I guess that wraps up our first episode of this season. Um, hopefully we'll get some good guests on this year. I, I, we'll have to hit up my boy Fan and see if we can bring him back. Although he's getting he's getting big time now. He's, blow, he's blowing up, man. I'm so happy for him. He's such a nice guy. I, nothing but the best for him. He's he's the future for college basketball. Yeah, and I mean, just a really good down earth dude. He still DMs me sometimes. So uh, uh, with news notes about PC and all that sort of stuff. That's so, so awesome. Yeah, he's the man. Um, so yeah, we'll try and get some good guests on this year. Um, I'm excited, man. We're a month out here. Uh, Dude, we, haven't even talk, we haven't even talked about how awesome it's going to be just to attend a game in person. Like, how great is that going to be? It's going to be – dude, I am so excited. Like, got my seasons. Uh, paid for them last year, so it's like free seasons essentially yeah. in my book, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I got my seasons. I'll be there for the first one against Fairfield. Um, already planning a trip to go to the UConn game at UConn. It's going to be at the XL Center, actually, December 18th. Yeah. Uh, if, if you and I should coordinate if you want to make Definitely. a trip or not. But, um, but yeah, very excited to be back. Uh, excited to have the podcast back. And here we go. I'm in for a big year. Sorry, that was my phone. Uh, ESPN sent me an alarm here. But uh, on that note, uh, we'll, we'll call it a wrap, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Looking later. forward to a fun season. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah If it do, when I'm way up on the hoop, eh? Cross over, I might throw that out of you Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school PC, you know we on go, eh? Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, eh? Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope, eh? I'm the alpha dog, Diallo They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage and you see me bumpin', so we gon' let them have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, eh Cross over, I might throw the hell of you But they sleeping on me while well, I take them back to school Man up in my city